Hello, everybody. Welcome to Health Chatter. I believe it's episode 15, and we're going to be doing a show today on hearing, and hopefully everybody will be able to hear us loud and clear throughout this, this program. We have a wonderful guest with us we'll get to in, in a second. And first, like I always do, I like to recognize our, our staff who do some really excellent work for us. Uh, Aaron Collins and Maddie Levine-Wolf both do our background research and help us with um, talking points. Matthew Campbell is our, our production guru and uh, takes care of all the, all the logistics behind that. And then of course there's um, Clarence Jones, my esteemed colleague. This is fun. We've been doing it a while already, and uh, we go back a long way, and it's it's always a pleasure working with with him. And of course, we couldn't do this without the help of Human Partnership, which is an organization that actually Clarence is involved with, and they're providing us some some useful sponsorship behind this whole initiative. They're a great organization, and I recommend that our listeners look them up. They've been around for quite a while now. So uh, with that, I'd like to get going on our show on hearing, which, um, boy, I've got some personal stories on this too that I'll be able to reflect on a little bit. And I'd like to introduce um, actually one of my dearest colleagues, Arkel Giorgio, Dr. Arkel Giorgio. She's, boy, we've gone back a long way and um, we've had some exciting interactions with, um, with some really other great colleagues over over the years as well. Arkel, I knew her when she was at, at United Health, and now she's um, a wonderful speaker on a variety of different health issues on KSTP. She's the, uh, the health advisor, and it's been on CNN. And also, which is great for this show, she's uh, vice president of, is it Health Initiatives? At, at Starkey Hearing. What's the official title? I'm actually the, the I'm the chief health officer at Starkey. Chief Hearing. health officer. There you go. And nobody could do it better than, than Arkel. So, and she was also on um, one of our first shows on health chatter on, on communication. So welcome back. It's, it's wonderful having you. Thank you so much for having me. And for those of you who can't see, you won't be able to see our listening now. She's got a great smile. So, uh, <laughs> so let's talk about hearing. Um, boy, we could talk about it from from uh, from birth all the way into uh, the elder elderly population. And let's let's talk about um, to kick this off. Let's talk about kids in hearing. Okay, a, a little bit. Um, I remember, and you know, for those of us who have, who have had kids, I remember the. The, the infamous uh, health issue, ear infections. Oh my God. Okay. It seems like every kid one way or the other has um, an ear infection. So it's very common, very, very common. Can you reflect on that a little bit or else tell our audience about that a little bit so that they kind of understand why is it that kids get ear infections? Well, children have ear infections because their 
whole body is so small, including the tubes that, um, you know, are the structures that are in the ear that help equalize pressure. And so their tiny little bodies have tiny little canals and it, they can easily get congested. Congestion can create a scenario where there's an infection. And so children with all of their little upper respiratory infections are high risk for getting middle ear infections. And we recognize that and we rush children to the hospital when we think that they're having ear infections because it's such a priority for us. And if we take a step back, hearing is a priority for even newborns, you know, so newborn hearing right. screening is regulated because hearing is so important. But what is concerning to me is that that concern and the making of hearing a priority diminishes the older we get. And that is a really big issue that I face every day in the work that I do. You know, I'll tell you, I, I hear you loud and clear and I can, I can, I can relate to that. I remember with kids, you know, okay, what, what is it that, well, you said they're, they're littler and you know, the eustachian tube, which is the, the tube that's in your ears. If I, if I remember correctly, the tube is, is a lot straighter when, when you're an infant. And it's not until you start getting older that it starts taking a turn. And when it's straight, when the eustachian tube is straight, it can, it can get a lot of infections in it. Once, it. once it takes a turn, then it drains a lot easier. So, but you know, you don't know that until you become I'm a parent. I mean, nobody ever explains that kind of stuff. So in the meantime, we have screaming infants who are in pain and they're pulling on their earlobes because their their ears hurt. But um, at any rate, very, very common. So listeners know that, you know, if you're a new parent or whatever, um, or a grandparent, new grandparent, and you don't remember, kids get ear infections. Clarence. How, how common is hearing loss? Of for young kids? Hearing loss in young children is common enough that we make it a priority to screen newborns okay. before they ever even leave the hospital. Because okay. of course, hearing is so very important for their development, for their being able to um, communicate with their parents and for the rest of their lives. Okay. It's such a priority and it's common enough that newborn screening is regulated. Is that, is it's regulated in every state in the country? It's federally regulated or, or, or don't you know? I don't know if it's federally okay. regulated. Okay, but, but I know I, it's regulated in the state of Minnesota. I know right. that for sure. I, I don't know of a state where it's not regulated, but. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let, all right. So now let, let's talk about prevention. All right, so uh, here, here it is. Here, use me as a case. So, I, you know, I think, God, it must have been six, seven months ago. I called our Cal. I said, hey, Cal, tell me about hearing aid, okay? And you sent me all this literature and stuff and, and, you know, to get me going. And it's like, okay, I wonder for as you get older, you start losing your hearing or uh, your ability to hear as well as you did before. This is something that, that, that I heard was, was really quite interesting. Your ears are much more sensitive than your eyes. If your eyes were to, to um, 
respond at the same level that your ears do, we'd be able to see microscopic bits. Okay, our ears are much, much more sensitive, and that probably has come flighting, you know, you know, our, our ability to react to things, etc. But anyway, okay, so here I am, I'm starting to not hear as well. Where did I notice it? Sure. So there are many, many different factors that can cause hearing loss. The three most common factors are age, which unfortunately none of us can do something about. Yeah, right. No kidding. Genetics also <clears throat> can't affect yeah. and noise, which we have a lot of control over. So noise induced hearing loss is something that we can begin addressing from the moment that we are born until, um, until we age. And we don't really think about that as much. Most people that have hearing loss have a combination of those three things, or at least two of the three things, noise and age induced hearing loss are frequently underlying the cause of hearing impairment in most adults. Others also had the have the added effect of genetics. In addition to that, there are medications that can cause hearing loss. Um, and then you were talking earlier about uh, the fact that our ears are more sensitive even than our eyes. So I wanna just take a second to address that. You know, every organ in our body is a vascular organ. It requires blood supply. And whether it's our heart, whether it's our brain, our eyes, our ears, the cochlea has mm -hmm. a very complicated structure of blood vessels that feed it. Those blood vessels are even more sensitive than like the heart's blood vessels and um, the blood vessels that feed our nerves. And so what we see in people with diabetes, for, for instance, or even pre-diabetes, that we see hearing loss before the diagnosis of some of the other damage that can be done by diabetes, because the vessels of the cochlea are so much more sensitive to the, the high pressure from high blood pressure, the high glucose in diabetes than even other structures. And so hearing loss can precede those other conditions by up to 10 years. You know, and our hearing is sensitive to a lot of different things. Like, oh my God, if you have allergies, like I do, it's like, you know, if you get, get clogged up and everything, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Or how about if you go into an airplane and, and, you know, the pressure, you know, builds up in, in, in people's ears as well. Um, okay. So my, my feeling behind this is that we are more in tune to intervention as opposed to prevention. Okay. So like, for instance, I didn't go get my hearing checked until I noticed that I needed to, which isn't really a prevention per se. In other words, you know, really getting ahead of the game altogether, but it's really like I had to intervene. I had to get something because I was noticing something. How, so you, you were talking about noise as a major, a major problem that we can control. All right, so from a true prevention standpoint, how is it that we can address hearing? Well, I think we need to drive awareness uh, among 
parents and adults among all of society that noise-induced hearing loss is a significant underlying cause of hearing loss. And so, you know, in the hearing industry, we are particularly concerned about it because these, you know, everybody's wearing those earbuds and we're putting a lot of sound right into those ears and we can Mm -hmm. crank the volume up. And that is a major risk factor for driving even more hearing loss than we see today. Today, there's about 44 million people in the United States that have hearing loss. We expect that number to increase significantly over the next decade or two because of how much sound we're putting directly into our ears. So I think we need to be very, very careful about that. Yeah. Yeah, Clarence. So, Dr. Kia, that that was actually where I was trying to go. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a product of the '60s, and I know we had that, that hard rock music and stuff like that, and and people were talking about how they were losing their 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 hearing, and I mean that was a the conversation then. And I was going to ask about what are the what are some of the other common environmental factors that are impacting our our hearing now. You mentioned the fact about the the earbuds. Uh, and uh, you know the way that we're cranking up the sound. Are there other things that environmentally that's happening that we are uh, that's that's cre- helping to create you know more hearing loss? Well, noise occurs in many different environments, and so we see some specific professions which are particularly high risk. So, um, the airline industry, because of noise from uh, you know the the planes and the 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 sound that they make sure. people in manufacturing who are in factories people are in who are in the music industry so their uh noise of course is one general term and then there's environmental risks in all of those depending on you know what's creating that noise but clearly manufacturing music airline and then the biggest one the military wow. so you know our Starkey's biggest customer is actually the Veterans Administration. They're such a significant number of individuals uh, in, who serve, who have a consequence of having hearing loss. So the explosions, the all of those sounds. Yeah, wow. So um, what about differences in sex? Do are we see more hearing problems like in men than in, than in women or vice versa? Or not I necessarily? I see see mixed studies and there may be, you know, an increase of a few percentage points in men versus women, but I wouldn't focus on that as, you know, men are at higher risk. We're all at risk. And, um, you know, there are certainly other risk factors, like I mentioned earlier, but I wouldn't look as sex as a major risk factor to say, oh, good. I'm, you know, I'm female and therefore I'm not going to worry about it. Um, that, that would lead you down the wrong path. I yeah. Think. And what about particular populations? Are there populations that are are at higher risks, for instance? Um, As I said earlier, uh, work-related populations. Yeah, okay. um, And individuals who have less access to care. Yeah, okay. So um, as we see in so many other conditions, individuals who just have less access. um, And also we see that in lower socioeconomic groups, there is less um, less awareness of the hearing loss because of how do I say this? So we've studies have shown that in socioeconomic groups where the communication isn't as critical, um, 
I have to start that out. We have to, we have to take that out. I have to take, can we splice that out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, studies have shown that there are certain socioeconomic groups where because of lack of access to care, because of less awareness of hearing loss and its implications, there is uh, later, uh, they address their hearing loss later. And so as we see with so many other conditions, um, you know, minorities, again, lower so poverty stricken groups, et cetera, um, more rural rather than urban communities are at higher risk. We see that with so many conditions. So you that, know, I, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, yeah. so Dr. Kale, I, 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 I like that, that, that um, you know, you, you, your last comment. Uh, but how common is is hearing loss? I mean, we think about a lot of times hearing loss, you know, just here in, in this country. How common is hearing loss? I know that Starkey is in other foreign countries helping people out. How, coming, how common is this issue uh, worldwide, do you think? Oh, worldwide, it is such a common issue. There are, I believe it's 455 million people worldwide with hearing loss. Uh, we have 44 million in the United States alone, um, obviously because of our size. Sure. So it is really, really common. Um, but the even the statistic that makes me even more concerned is that let's stick with United States statistics. Okay. Only 35 to 38 percent of individuals that have hearing loss have it addressed, and so it is a huge unaddressed health related issue that, and that's why I do what I do. It's because it's a major gap in care. It's highly misunderstood. It's importance. Uh, there's not enough awareness around the importance of hearing. And besides how many people have hearing loss, my bigger concern is how few people get it addressed. Stan, you said earlier that it took you a while before you decided, I think I'm having a little trouble with my hearing um, to go get your hearing tested, which I hope mm -hmm. you've done. Mm -hmm. It takes an average of five to seven years um, from the time people recognize they have a hearing loss to the time that they start to do something about it and go wow, down. Wow, wow. So, let me ask so is, is there a stigma to hearing aids? I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I, I put, if I were to answer that, I would probably say yes. Okay. Because there isn't a stigma, I don't think, to like wearing glasses. Okay. But there's, there seems to be something connected stigma wise to, to hearing aids. Does that, have you found that? Studies have shown that. So there are two big factors that probably get in the way of why people don't address their hearing. One is lack of awareness of importance, um, as well as access to care. So mm -hmm. let's just put it out there that high quality hearing aids are not inexpensive and access to care can be an issue. That being said, in Europe, where hearing aids are covered by many countries' national healthcare plans, only 50% of people with hearing loss have hearing aids. And so, you know, so we see a differential of about 15%, but the rest, why don't the rest of them, it's stigma, Stan. It is, okay. That, and that stigma, let's peel the onion back on that a little bit. I'm actually giving a big talk on this in LA in a few weeks. It's that the stigma around 
hearing aids is not about the device itself. The stigma is about the fear of being seen as aging and ageism. And because hearing aids make an individual worry that they'll be seen as aging and there's, you know, we have institutionalized aging as yeah. part of our culture. And that is where the stigma is coming from. People that face over 85% of individuals are faced with and exposed to aging. I, there was just a study published on that just a few weeks ago, whether we see cartoons about people who are aging, it's passive aggressive comments about aging to an individual or overt discrimination around age. Over 85% of adults are exposed to ageism and it, it is a significant issue. And so people are afraid that if they have this device on their ears, that they're going to be subject to that as well. Dr. Arkell, you, you mentioned the, the, the low percentage of people who recognize that they have a hearing loss. I'd like for you to, uh, uh, you know, just share with our listeners, what is the impact of, of hearing loss on the quality of life? Uh, because I think a lot of, a lot of times people don't, um, uh, don't realize that by not recognizing this issue, they're losing uh, um, the, the quality of life changes. And so could you just, I mean, in your position, I, I know you, that you hear a lot of those kinds of things, would you just share with them, you know, what, why it's important for them to recognize this as a issue that they need to address? So we are only able to have this conversation because we can hear each other. So imagine not being able to communicate effectively with your whole environment. So the, let's just start with the obvious, which is that not being able to hear properly um, affects how you engage with other people, how you form social relationships, how you can participate at the dinner table, how you can enjoy a movie. And so hearing loss just chips away at every single one of those experiences. That's probably obvious to everyone, but the mm -hmm. impact can be significant. Mm -hmm. What people need to also understand is that when hearing loss affects all of those relationships the way it does, what happens is that people then become embarrassed. They don't want to keep asking, what did you say? What did you say? Mm -hmm. And therefore they stop asking questions mm -hmm. and then they stop engaging and then they get socially isolated and then they get depressed. And so there is a very strong link between hearing loss and depression and anxiety and loneliness. And then you know what happens after that? Then you don't socialize, you don't go out and you begin to um, be physically less mobile and lose muscle tone. So people that have hearing loss are also at risk for increased falls. Now, there could be multiple reasons for that. One is the fact that you have less muscle strength because you're socializing less, plus your hearing system and your vestibular, your balance system are interconnected. So now you have two reasons why you could fall. People with hearing loss has three times the risk of falling. And when people fall, they develop more anxiety because they don't want to fall again. So they isolate themselves even more. 
socially isolate, um, develop even more loneliness. All of these things culminate into hearing loss, increasing the risk of dementia. Hmm. So just if, if people that are listening don't hear anything except the following statistic, mild hearing loss doubles your risk of dementia, moderate hearing loss triples your risk of dementia, and people with severe hearing loss have five times the risk of dementia. Wow. And that is That's scary. Of hearing loss. It is very scary. You know, you know, it's, I, I still find it incredibly interesting that, you know, if you can't see, you go do something about it. I mean, it, it, it's just, if you can't hear, you don't. Okay. But I think we've addressed that through this concept of, of, of stigma. Of, it, it's a sense of getting older, et cetera, et cetera. So a couple of personal stories. Okay. So I uh, was out to dinner, my wife and I with, um, with some neighbors and um, one the neighbor uh, has hearing loss and he's wearing hearing aids and we're in the, we're in the, um, in the restaurant. And of course, you know, everything is kind of higher tech now. So you can adjust these hearing aids depending upon what environment you're in, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I remember talking to him afterwards, a couple of days later, and um, he said to me that when I can't hear or hear well, I tune out. Okay, which gets to your point, Arkel, of how you become more socially um, isolated. So that that's story number one. Story number two is myself. Okay, so yes, you'll be happy to know I went to get my hearing checked. Oh, congratulations. Okay. Right, yeah. I mean, and, and for our listening audience, I highly, highly recommend, if I underscore anything in, the, in this show, it's this. If you sense as though you're not hearing as well, you're not hearing TV as well, you're not hearing very, very well in a restaurant or in a crowded environment, or if somebody, if you find yourself saying, what did you say, what did you say, or whatever, go, just go do it. It's not, it's not a big deal. It's, um, it's actually enlightening in, in, in many ways. So I had my hearing checked and uh, lo and behold, moderate to severe. Okay. All right. Not oh. profound. Profound is, you know, like off the charts and they really have to, you know, really do things, but moderate to severe. Okay. So fine. So put some hearing aids in, in my ears when I'm there, when I'm, when I'm there after I got tested and he showed me the results and all this kind of stuff. And he said, okay, now, um, now I want you to react to, you know, what, and all of a sudden you realize that what, what is happening mm -hmm. is that sound is now amplified for yourself. And you know what? It's enlightening. It's really nice. You know, One of like, the, let me, let me tell you a funny story. We um, see patients who have hearing aids <laughs> for the very first time all the time. And um, they, so they get their new hearing aids. Um, they, they recognize that it's a little easier to hear Then they get into their car to drive home. And it's so funny to hear how many people think that their car is, 
is something's wrong with it. It's breaking because they're hearing these sounds in their car that they've never heard before. The engine is making more noise. The tires are making more noise. There's, and what they realize when we talk to them again and at their follow-up is that their car has been making these sounds all along. They haven't been hearing them. Right. It's right, amazing right, right. how many people think their car is breaking down when they leave Stark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clarence, you had a note. Now, I did. So since we're telling stories, as you were talking, I, I kept thinking about, I saw this, this image of this uh, individual who has a loved one who keeps talking to them in their ear. They just have this selective hearing. Uh, they just, you know, and I think, you know, as you were talking about this, I think if, if uh, you're talking to a loved one and they just never hear you, it's not, maybe it's just not selective hearing. Maybe you might want to suggest to them, why don't you get a hearing test? You know, and it creates, it, you know, you, you talked about depression and you talked about those other kinds of, of things. It might create less drama in your family. A lot you less, yeah, a lot less that. drama. Yes. And so, and, and as simple as that sounds, Clarence, there's a big barrier to people saying, you know, I haven't been hearing you in the conversation. I'm going to go to a professional and get my hearing tested. That would be an ideal world, but for a whole variety of reasons, mm -hmm. from the stigma to the cost, to lack of awareness that we talked about, it's not a one-step process. So one thing that I would recommend that people do as a first step is if they think they might have a hearing loss, go online. There, there are many of these online, but I'm gonna suggest that people go to starkey.com. There's a free online hearing test. Sit in a quiet room by yourself. Um, it walks you through in five minutes how to, what, what buttons to push on the screen to hear various tones. The results of that online screening test are are pretty darn accurate. Hmm. And so for people who are sitting, listening and sitting back thinking, yes, but don't know how to get there, don't have time. If you have five minutes to go to starkey.com and do that online test, I would highly recommend it. Another strategy, I did this with my own mom, is that if there's a family member who has hearing loss that doesn't want to admit it, do that online hearing test together make it part of your activity, you know, just, just make it something fun that you do together. You do it, they do it. And it gives them objective information about whether or not they have a hearing loss that should be addressed by a professional. So I would, yeah, I, I, I would recognize that it's not a one-step process for most people to get to a hearing professional. And we have tried to make it easier by offering free online tests. Um, to, to you know, I try. I, I did that. I did one of those did online things. Well, I, all I know is that it identified something, okay, and that's a major step. And then I then then I took the next step, which, by the way, all right, let's talk about the the step. In other words, really getting tested, okay, and um, assessed by a um, a professional. So th there are different ways to go about that. You can go to an actual physician, an, an ENT, an ear, nose, and, and, and throat specialist. There are um, 
specific medical oriented issues that that people have and certainly you know physicians can help um, uh, assess that and then like I use myself as an illustration I don't have any medically oriented medically in quotes oriented issues it's just loss okay so I needed help by just having it amplified for 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 me um, so let's talk about access to care a little bit more okay and the in the different types of professionals that that you're aware of Arkel that sure. can help people sure so um let's start with who can definitively address hearing loss and then let's talk about how you get access to those individuals let's put those in great great so you mentioned ear nose and throat doctors Clearly, ear, nose, and throat doctors are the physicians who are most expert in understanding ears, nose, and throat. Um, but in reality, most ear, nose, and throat doctors don't, while they can uh, assess medically whether or not you have a hearing loss, most will refer you to an audiologist, audiologist. or um, a hearing aid dispenser to do the hearing testing and determine whether or not you need a hearing device and which one is best for you. Some ear, nose and throat doctors house those specialists within their practice, others refer out. But it would be a little bit unusual for ear, nose and throat doctors to do it themselves. Um, the second category of clinical professional is the audiologist. So audiologists have, um, graduate level degrees, PhD level degree in audiology are expert in hearing, balance, speech, and um, are highly trained, highly educated, and are, um, and are in a very good position to look at an individual holistically um, and determine whether or not uh, they have a hearing issue and again, to fit them with hearing aids. And then there's hearing aid dispensers who have to have finished high school and then get certified to be a hearing aid dispenser and are highly competent in being able to test your hearing and fit a device, but they aren't qualified to diagnose and treat balance issues, other speech rehabilitation issues and things like that. So those are the three categories of professionals that you can go to. But it is also important to know what, let's talk about Medicare because so many people with hearing loss have Medicare. Um, Medicare, traditional Medicare will pay for a hearing evaluation if it's not solely for the purposes of getting a hearing aid. I know that's complex. So your primary care doctor can write a referral referral to have your hearing evaluated because you're having trouble. That's all paid for in your annual visit. Um, but it's only paid for if you go to an audiologist, not a hearing aid dispenser. Hmm. I'm not quite sure why the whole system is set up that way, but that's how Medicare makes its rules. Correct. And they don't pay for hearing aids, am I correct? Traditional Medicare does not pay for hearing aids, but 
the vast majority, well over 85% of Medicare Advantage plans do have some level of benefit for, for hearing aid devices. Correct, correct. And that's that's a that's important. Now, why Medicare doesn't doesn't pay for that is is a whole other a whole other policy issue, especially well, when it affects elderly as 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 much as it as it does. Right, and um, so that is why. But you know, in the previous legislation that didn't pass the Build Back Better plan, hearing, mm-hmm. dental, and vision were proposed to be uh, benefits that would be covered by traditional Medicare. You know that legislation might come up in the new in the new Congress. Um, it didn't it didn't progress in the last one, um, but they're starting to recognize in Washington that coverage of hearing loss as well as vision and dental is really quite important. We're just not there yet, but that's also one reason why there was federal legislation passed around over the counter hearing aids, so that. It was just another strategy to make hearing aids more accessible to consumers rather than um, because it didn't seem to be a path to have it covered by Medicare. So they'll be available OTC. Yeah. Yeah. Clarence. So, Dr. Akel, you said something very interesting to me as a community member. You said something about a hearing aid dispenser. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, you just you just said they just, you know. Just tell me a little bit more about that, because I think it, it, it's not it's something I've never heard. Uh, and I think it would be something that would be of interest uh, for people sure. to understand there, there are various ways to enter to, into this public health arena in a variety of different ways. So, Absolutely. Please. So as I mentioned, an audiologist has college and then graduate level training um, in recognizing diseases and treatment of the ear. They're not a physician, but they're highly trained in hearing, speech, balance, vestibular issues, rehabilitation, et cetera. But there is another path to being able to do a high quality audiogram hearing test, and then to appropriately fit a hearing aid device. And those individuals are called hearing aid dispensers or hearing instrument specialists is another term that's used. And the criteria for that individual, those individuals and that certification is a high school diploma plus certification as a, as a hearing instrument specialist. So a lot of the professionals that you might see at Costco or at Miracle Ear or so many of the retail outlets are actually hearing instrument specialists as opposed to audiologists. So um, let's talk about costs, okay? Because you know people get really kind of freaked out on um, on costs, um, and and they vary widely, okay? Based on what what company, what kind of device, et cetera. So let let's talk about costs a little bit. Sure. Um, hearing aids can range in cost from five to $600 per device per ear. So let's say a thousand dollars up to seven, eight, $10,000. is a really wide range. So what drives the difference between a thousand dollar pair or a $10,000 pair? A few things. One is the technology that the device uses around sound quality. 
how many channels are present in the device to allow um, customization of how you hear sound. I mean, we can never replace the design of the human ear, okay? But we're able to decipher so many different types of sounds. So do you have a 24 channel device where uh, sound at different frequencies is divided into 24 different segments so that it can be tailored to as close to normal as possible? Or is it an 18 channel device, right? So there's sound quality. There's so many other aspects in addition to the channels that go into the technology. So what level of sound quality, what level of comfort, how small is the device? Do you have a custom device? Starkey is, um, has all the full family of devices, but we're probably best known in the industry for our expertise in custom devices where the hearing aid mold is made to fit right into your ear um, and is only made for you, or maybe it goes right into the canal. So what's the design of the device? What's the comfort? And the third is the connectivity. And so you were mentioning earlier, Stan, about the fact that hearing aids can connect Bluetooth to your phone and how many other features does it have? So does it, does it connect to your phone at all? Does it connect to your phone and can you adjust the level of volume and the quality of the sound? Does it connect to your phone and can you do all your, can you stream all your music and your phone calls? That would be a cool thing. I can tell you that Starkey hearing aids also have a fall detection feature, translate 28 languages, um, have a whole recording device. I mean, there are so many other features around connectivity. So um, just like a car has, you know, there's less expensive cars and more expensive cars and you get more features and more refinement when you go along the continuum, the same is true of hearing aids. Yeah, so it's, it, it, you know, if you use cars as, as an analogy, any car will get you from A to B, okay? But it's how you want to get there and the level of comfort and the level of gadgets, perhaps, you might want to call it that, um, or, or the amenities that are, are in a car that, um, that you get. Um, like for instance, some some people say I don't care about about music. I just want to be able to to hear. So okay, as far as connectivity to music or or, or Bluetooth, some people, for instance, like I, I remember my mother was putzing around with her hearing aids because back then they didn't have rechargeable hearing aids, and so they had you know here it is you know an elderly person dealing with batteries. Okay, and these little dinky little batteries, which can be hard for for a um, a person. Also, um, changing a battery from one ear to the next, like you'll get a sound in one ear that your battery is low. Well, okay, if it's low in one, why isn't it low in the next? So then, do you change batteries in both? So those become um, issues, you know, for um, for acceptance of 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 a device 
Um, the other thing is you, you alluded to the types of, there are different types of hearing devices depending upon what your hearing loss is. There are some that go in actually into the canal it, itself, are embedded in the canal. There are some that you mentioned that are, are molded in, into your ear. Then there are some, like I have, that rest behind the ear, okay? Um, all I can tell my audience, I can, you know, just from my, my personal experience is, damn, it's nice. When it, we, you know, it's, it, it's like, you know, you get a new pair of glasses, all of a sudden you can see clearer. It's the same idea with, with hearing it. Damn, I can hear clearer and better. It's same, really the same. And so I really, really encourage everyone, try it, go, go get your hearing tested. And um, especially if you sense as though there, there's a need. And Stan, what I, um, I really do like that car analogy, but I also wanna, um, I wanna amend it a little bit when it comes to hearing. And that's that while a car will, any car will get you from point A to point B. I don't want the message to come across that any hearing aid will allow you to hear well enough. That's a good point. And I, and I really want to make that clear. So does everybody need the highest end hearing aid? Absolutely not. You know, there, but, but within the entire range of hearing aids, there is a subset that is, you know, mid range to higher range that will, that will adequately address somebody's needs. Correct. Um, but there are also many devices that are on the lower end that might amplify, but may cause more static, more sound discomfort, more irritation um, than is worth it for an individual. Yeah. And therefore they're not gonna get you there. And yeah. that's what I worry about with the over-the-counter devices that are gonna be available starting in October, because that's mm -hmm. when the, the regulations become effective. And so I do think that people need to be very thoughtful and very careful about um, what devices they do choose to get. And, um, you know, they're not, all hearing aid devices are not made equal. Let's just put it that way. Right. And um, well, let, let, let's, let's, let me get your sense on this is, um, is something better than nothing. Okay, so like, let's say somebody is really sensitive to costs and um, okay, so now I can get over the counter um, hearing aids that um, first of all, access is easier. How is it like, if I'm gonna use myself as an illustrator, I walk into a drugstore or a pharmacy, okay? And all right, I wanna try some hearing aids. How is that even going to play out? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? Do I talk to the, the cash register person or do I talk to a pharmacist or who, do, and, and, and how do they tell me, you know, I can just imagine a display of, you know, a dozen different ones. How, frankly, how in the hell do you know? <laughs> you know do you just try one on or play that out for me a little bit? Well, I'm speculating a little bit because these regulations aren't in effect yet, right? So correct, correct. Three weeks to figure it out. And I have to say that 
the traditional hearing aid industry is figuring it out and the non-traditional hearing aid industry, new entrants into the industry are also gonna be new players. So how do I think it's gonna play out? I think there's gonna be a few different ways. One is I, I think you really will be able to walk into a drugstore or a Best Buy or you know your favorite consumer yeah. electronics store and buy a hearing aid off the shelf. Um, many of them will be self-fitting so they will have features in them so that you can test your own hearing and determine what level of amplification is best for you. So that's gonna be one path. Another path will be that you can go to a hearing professional who uh, in their retail store might simply offer a over-the-counter option that you can buy and then after that, you can get a professional professional advice on how to best program and tune that device to best meet your needs. So I think there's gonna be different ways of getting there. Yeah, but it's gonna be a learning curve for the public and actually even the, the, the people who are, the entities that are offering them okay. as well or selling them. And then of course, you know, who knows what the cost will be, you know? And don't assume that just because it's over the counter means that it will be cheaper. And I, and I'm talking about like, like devices, of course, you're going to have $200 devices, $300 devices that are available over the counter, but let's compare like devices. Um, Don't assume that an over the counter device, um, good quality is necessarily going to be cheaper than a, a prescription hearing aid device. And so be thoughtful about yeah, yeah. whether you're going to have a professionally fit device uh, at the same, whether you can get that at the same cost, because yeah. that's impossible. And you don't know whether or not these entities will be hiring professionals to help you. So, you know, that's another, you know, in, in a Best Buy or in a, in a pharmacy or whatever. So stay tuned on that. Um, okay, so Arkel, takeaways for our audience, okay? It's like, if you're gonna give them one or two strong takeaways, what, do you, what should we tell them? Number one, Helen Keller said it best when she says vision loss separates us from things and hearing loss separates us from people. Wow. Let's remember that. Yeah. And humans are meant to connect with other people. So your hearing is extremely important from the moment you're born, which we recognize to the moment you're not on this earth and Healthy hearing is is something that we should value and strive for throughout our life. Just because an individual is getting older doesn't mean that we should simply accept hearing loss as a way of life because it separates us from connecting with other people, which is critical to our survival. Number two, hearing loss has can have devastating effects on your overall health. So not only does hearing loss cause a communication issue, 
but it is directly linked to social isolation and loneliness, which are toxic. It is directly linked to falls. It is directly linked to um, depression and anxiety. And the, I think the most compelling reason because our society is so plagued is that hearing loss is directly linked to cognitive impairment and dementia. And even a mild degree of hearing loss doubles your risk of dementia. I think those are some pretty important takeaways. Absolutely. Clarence, thoughts? I am, I have so much that I want to share with my community after this conversation. Uh, I mean, the issues around dementia, the issues around the, what is it, the uh, hearing instrument specialists, uh, just the data. I mean, so I will uh, definitely will be utilizing the information that you have shared with us today to really uh, help my community our community to just to understand the importance of this issue, which I did not understand at this level until after this conversation. So thank you very much. For oh, you thank you, Clarence. And really outside the context of this podcast, if there would be value in me sharing more information in person, on the phone, on in some other venue, please feel free to tap into me as a, as an expert, totally available to you and your community. Would wonderful. Love to that. That's really, really wonderful. So everybody, Think about your ears, <laughs> think about your hearing, and um, if indeed you sense that there is uh, something that is that is going on that you don't that you're not comfortable with, get your hearing checked. Okay, so for for you, thank you so much, Arkel. You're a wonderful colleague. Appreciate your your insights and and guidance on this to our listening audience our next show stay tuned will be on vaccinations with that uh, with uh sherlyn la chapelle should be an interesting show given uh not only covid but uh you know flu vaccines and even in the queue are um, our polio, which is a little bit of a sad commentary on where we're at right now. That will be our next show. Stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, everybody keep health chatting away.